Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Parting and here you guys as you can see yeah, we're it's, <laughs> it's very lit it is lit, very lit in the here studio. At the studio we are back after a couple weeks of chris and after i not being here together we've to talk. Uh, we we took an international break is what we did yeah exactly yeah. chris coming in clutch with with that we did take our international break but we are back on talk soccer to me we had a little special edition on monday where we had uh guests like guests on the show, men's tennis player Tommy Zador. It was awesome for those of you that tuned in, but today I am back with my fellow Red, and we are excited to talk soccer to you. We will be talking Prem, La Liga, international stuff, Bundesliga, and Plenty of stuff. course, Chris's lower league news. Oh, yes. So we got some money to talk about. Yeah, today. some fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to start off with Prem. Stay tuned for later, but. What you got for Prem today, Chris? Well, uh, the Premier League has been on an international break, but mm-hmm. there is a luckily a big weekend to look forward to. Yes. Um, Liverpool head to Old Trafford and play the struggling, mm-hmm. I think I could say, Man United. Which Pogba will not be playing. Yes, he's ruled out. Um, I think ju- he's got to be the most... What does this news mean to you? Well, with him, Pogba, Man United, I can't think of any other instance where a player has been playing so below his potential. And I I think it's just a failure to fit into the culture at Man United. Whatever it is, uh, he's, I mean, obviously a very talented player who I think deserves better. No, definitely, and it's going to be really frustrating to Man U fans this this upcoming weekend. Uh, hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah, hopefully for, for from our um, perspective. But and obviously, Ole Gunnar, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer yeah. <laughs> is on the hot Mouthful. seat. I always have trouble with that name here in the show, but it's he's okay. obviously on the hot seat. They lost at Newcastle uh, two weeks ago, and now they're – Below 10th. I think they're 12th or something. And what do you think this says? What does this reflect about him as a manager? Uh, maybe that he's not ready. I mean, you look at his managerial path that he's taken, and before Man United, he managed uh, Molde mm-hmm. in Norway, I believe. Um, and nothing against the Norwegians, but Norway is not the English Premier League. Uh, and to right. To then go to one of the biggest clubs in the world where the expectations are so monumentally high. Yeah. Uh, I think he's dealing with that right now. And people had hope after they had that famous win against PSG last year in the Champions League. But it has not gone well since then. Uh, and it's really a time of crisis for Man United. And honestly, in many ways, and I was reading an article that said this. Man United remind me of the Liverpool 
right before Jurgen Klopp. Yes. I remember uh, final days of Brendan Rodgers. They would be, you know, losing 3-0 away to Watford Mm -hmm. and Burnley and just getting embarrassing results for a club of that stature. And it it takes uh, hitting rock bottom sometimes to pull yourself up even stronger. So maybe that's what Man United will do. As far as I'm concerned, from my fandom perspective, they don't need to rush to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I certainly hope they don't start on Sunday. Definitely. It's going to be really interesting, but what teams do you think are going to surprise us again for for a nice upset? Well, I mean, if we're speaking of upsets, we have to shout out Wolves. I don't think we've spoke Mm -hmm. about them since uh, we haven't had a show since that result at City. I remember... I checked the score, and it was nil-nil in the 78th minute. <laughs> and I decided to turn it on because, you know, I've, I always like to maybe see the last 20 minutes, but I figured it was going to be one of those classic city pull-out three goals at the end. But, you know, despite the opposite despite City's attack, Wolves uh, scored twice on the counterattack. Their fans were going nuts. Oh, yeah. They had, so. like... What a what a week that was for Wolves. They won in the 91st minute in the Europa League at uh, Besiktas. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah, and then that Sunday in Manchester, 2-0, um, to widen the gap at the top of the Premier League. Liverpool are now seven or eight points clear. Um, Let me double check on that, but it is but, really yeah, nice to see the them with max points. Liverpool at max points, um, obviously... We'll see how this weekend factors in. So Liverpool is 24 points up top total, and Man City with 16, Arsenal with 15, Leicester with 14. And also, let's talk about Leicester real quick. Leicester was, like, what was it, third place in third Mm -hmm. or second as of, like, before the game last week? They were in third going into the game against Liverpool. Right, right. And then they slipped down, and Arsenal is in the top three right now. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Leicester had a a banter loss to Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty... That was about as slim as you can get. It was obviously a penalty on Mane. Definitely. That was a penalty. You can't argue that. But you can't. And people were trying to, which no, really I mean, frustrated he went me. straight into his the back of his leg. Just to... Exactly. Just to quickly get... You, you obviously hit a trigger point in me. Because <laughs> you see in the... Just look at the slow-mo. Look at the replay. Pay attention to where Mane's legs are. The The ball is in Mane's right, literally with his right foot, and then his left foot is com- it's just spread apart from his right foot, and and the guy just, like, completely just hit. Was it Albrighton? I don't yeah, remember. It was Mark Albrighton. Albrighton. So he just kicks the left foot, which had nothing to do with the ball, no contact. So I'm sorry, that is a very, very clear penalty. Um, and there's that fight at the end with oh, yeah. Milana and 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 you just see you see him as he's going into the locker room still going at it, just just complaining yeah. and, and going off about it, I mean, which Liverpool It was a heated they got game. Lucky. They got it was lucky a nice there. dramatic game. Um but they won that, they stay perfect. Also, one thing I forgot to mention about Man United mm-hmm. is the Daily Mail reports that they're quote, very close to agreeing a deal with uh, Allegri. 
Really? Who, of course, last managed Juventus. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, it seems like a natural hire. They probably need someone with big club experience. and need mm-hmm. a change of pace. Doesn't surprise me, this move. And, and Poch, Pochettino is still the odds-on favorite to take that job. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't really see him. If he were to leave Spurs, I don't see him doing it for another Premier League club. Well, speaking of leaving Spurs, um, let's let's talk about people that will be leaving Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Erickson, once, as we all know, we've spoke about this on past uh, episodes, but Erickson will most likely be moving to the Spur uh, to Madrid from the Spurs in the January transfer window. So in the in the winter, and basically, what what's been reported, I can't say that it is completely like a I can't confirm but Spurs want Isco so it would be like a nice little swap basically so how do you see that deals. how do you see that playing out oh what do you think what do you think would be the benefits and drawbacks of that I mean I think Christian Eriksen's a great player and he's been an important player for Spurs in this and Isco is also a great had. player though so mm-hmm. I think it's two players that are looking for a change of pace and mm-hmm. If this move were to go through, they'd they'd get that. So, I mean, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Would you like that? Would you do you think that would work out as a nice outcome? Because so far, when we've seen people cross over just this past summer from the summer transfer window, they haven't been um, really performing to their to their top level, like Eden Hazard for Madrid and Antoine Griezmann for Barcelona. Right. So, I think... making that league crossover, what do you think? Yeah, I think you do have to be careful when thinking about transfers and the fact that no, I think the culture that's built on a team and the collective kind of mm-hmm. spirit of the team is much more important than any individual player. Right. I think that's why Liverpool has done so well, and I think that's why Spurs did so well for a long time under Pochettino because he, he built that um, character. Right, so then as we transition into this, let's just start with La Liga. Uh, how do you... How do you think things are going right now in La Liga with the teams? And just touch a little bit about, like, basically what we just talked about. Antoine Griezmann and Eden Hazard not really living up to their fullest potential that everyone was expecting. Yeah, they're underperforming for sure. But looking at the La Liga table, it seems like it's shaken out to more familiar territory. It definitely Um, is. But, yeah, they're underperforming. And like I said... Adding one superstar player is not going to be a quick fix. Of course, but sometimes those kinds of things happen when you have such a dominant like player. You you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But they bring a lot of personality, and, right? And and they and ego really exactly because then it doesn't matter because then the the whole team chemistry and dynamic revolves basically sculpts itself around that you know that figure. But anyways, yesterday speaking of just. A figure, a great figure in soccer. Yesterday was a monumental day in Barcelona history. It marked Messi's like Barcelona debut on October sixteenth mm. of two thousand four. So it's it's wow. just really interesting to see how far he has come in his career, and to just see all the nostalgic videos on social media about it. And my, my favorite video actually yesterday was the one of his son, Matteo Messi just trying to grab the golden boot like he wanted it so bad he was like just grabbing it and it was it was cool but anyways it was it was a nice 
day for all Barcelona fans yesterday as it marked his debut. But I mean, that's his that's his debut for a senior team. I think he was he was probably signed to Barcelona, yeah, for the Barcelona club when he was like seven or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, I read something. I didn't. I don't know too much about it, so I'm just going to mention. It. I'm not going to talk about it in detail, but. I read something about how like they had him sign it like on a napkin because they didn't want to like get they didn't want contract yeah something mm-hmm. like initially because they didn't want to get like let him slip so I have to read more about that and, and wow. get the story to you guys later but we'll see what what I'm truth sure there is glad to they that got him. oh of course um, and another thing to do with Barcelona is there have been recent protests in, in Catalonia yes uh, against obviously the government, government right of separatist Spain, uh, separatist movements in, yeah in Catalonia of which Barcelona is the principal city mm-hmm. and Barcelona FC Barcelona sort of their identity as a club mm-hmm. uh, is, is really formed around this Catalonian pride and now this idea of Catalonian independence and Barcelona spoke out about um, in support of the leaders that were arrested by the Spanish government uh, of that movement. And I just think that's it's interesting right. to see a, a club in an era where these clubs are such, like, global brands and you see a lot of teams kind of tiptoeing around political issues so as not to offend or they want to – they don't want to harm their uh, – their profit margins, but Barcelona is... And you see these types of things happening a lot lately, like, for example, with the NBA and what you see oh what boy. happened there with yeah. China and and then, you know, the GM of the Houston Rockets and now LeBron and, LeBron. and, and all the firing of his jerseys and just all this stuff. And it's it's you see how much politics and, and just world, world affairs play a huge dominant role in sports. Yeah, I think... Um, especially in this sport, right? Pol- oh, yeah. Politics—it's an inherently political sport, and if you're trying to ignore that, I think you're ignoring the really the the cultural basis of the game. So exactly, I think, the fundamental. <laughs> I think it is um, whether you agree with the movement or not. I think it's promising to see Barcelona put the identity of their club before profit or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, and I respect that because that's something that as a as a fan of Real Madrid, I they don't do that. Right. They're well, all Madrid, about profit. Real Madrid, of course, is... Just profit. Uh, politically, the other end of that spectrum. Exactly. Um, and then speaking as a, a Liverpool fan, I think this new era of clubs going completely global um, has led to maybe some confusion of new fans where they don't really know the political background of the clubs. Liverpool is a decidedly left-wing socialist football club, Mm -hmm. um, and they have been throughout a lot of their history. And you see a lot of conflict online of new fans, presumably from the U.S., Mm -hmm. um, not really buying into that. And this conflict of the new fan and the old fan that's actually from the city where the club is based. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting time to to follow the sport. Definitely. it's. I think it's always an interesting time, really. But, Bill, 
you, you, you wanted to mention, Bale continues to be ignored. And that's something that hits home for me because I love Gareth Poor Bale. Guy. He's and a great player. He, he is. Really is. I have s- just utter respect for him. And I just don't like, and this is something that I've always said and I always will say, I do not like the way Madrid fa- Real Madrid fans treat him. I, don't, I just don't like it. He's always been set as this outcast. And he, he's not appreciated. Yeah, players get injured, you know. But if you're a true fan and you understand the sport and the pressure that athletes go, go through, you have to understand – that if they're injured, there's not much they can do. And if someone gets injured often, like it's not it's not like they're trying to intentionally injure themselves, you know? So this this hatred that that goes on in Real Madrid so easily, they just look for reasons to just, you know, you know how the intenseness of of these Real Madrid fans are. And that's most soccer fans, but it's just ridiculous when it comes to Bale and it's this constant issue that's not getting any better with with him. Yeah, he I think would be he'll score a goal and everyone's like oh yeah and then like so he'll do something like very minor and they'll oh Gareth Bale this and Gareth Bale that like okay I think but both sides would be better off if he went to a new club of course um, I really think it's healthy for him too as a player to just leave at this point perhaps that would be one of Allegri's first targets mm. at Man United I know that's long been a rumor right. but. Yeah. Speaking of Bale and Real Madrid, uh, both of Real Madrid key players, Bale and Modric, were injured during international break in their matchup, actually, in the fixture, facing off against each other with Wales and Croatia. So, thoughts on that? How does this affect I'm sure Real Madrid Real? is thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we were just talking before the show about how there are way too many international games. Mm-hmm. There's Nations League right. and Euro qualifiers and World Cup qualifiers. The, the players don't is, catch a break, really. They never do. Uh, the thing is, I thought the Nations League was supposed to... To basically replace... Standardize and incentivize right. these European breaks. And now it's just it's just made it more confusing. I don't think anyone cares about winning the no, Nations League. No, and the thing is, though, this is UEFA's way of obviously, one, making more money, and two, I do see one, one benefit of it is, okay, there's a trophy in it. It makes it a little more meaningful for fans and teams to want to play for something as opposed to the Euro qualifiers that are just, you know, qualifying. But for Nations League initially, like we said, it was supposed to just be qualifications and replace eventually the the qualifiers but no now they're coinciding and it's just an alternative way alternative way of of qualifying if you don't qualify in the euro qualifiers if that makes sense so basically it just gives the the smaller teams like the smaller countries another chance just another type of route to take to get to to represent their nation in the Euro qualifiers, which which I guess that's that is a benefit for these teams that don't really get as much exposure. You know, it's not it's not the the Germany's or the France or, or those types of teams that that need this, but it's more of like the Northern Ireland and Finland and and those types of countries that that need that extra shot. Yeah, I, I think so. Um it does give multiple avenues to right. try to get into the major tournaments and everyone wants to be in the Euros, which I love as a tournament. And I'm really oh, looking yeah. forward to that 
this summer I might even try to attend some matches. But oh my gosh, um, we got to try and get the show over there. <laughs> live from well, the once, thing about once Euros, they get champions, they got us to Champions League. Don't forget Istanbul, about. <laughs> yeah. By the way, <laughs> once we're in Istanbul, May whatever. Uh, taking the show to Istanbul. Yeah, <laughs> we're it's we're just gonna take. be there. We're so taking the show to Istanbul. <laughs> We've decided executively. Uh, Liverpool are going to be back in the Champions League final, of course. <laughs> um, so what better than to have your the, two Reds there to cover it? Of course. <laughs> or as you'd say in Liverpool, holes. It's enough accents <laughs> for today, but... Can you please just do one show, all of we'll it, in a, a Liverpool We'll accent? do a Scouse show. Okay. We'll do all a right. Scouse show at some cool. point. Maybe like the last show of the season. Yeah, we can do that. Sounds but good. anyways, the Euros <laughs> this year are unique in that they're mm-hmm. not going to be in one country, but all throughout Europe. So yeah. teams will be able to uh, be playing on home turf and they're playing some games right. in Ireland. And, and for those of you just tuning in, we have been talking Premier League, La Liga, and just club teams. But we will be going into talk about the international break pretty soon. To sum it up, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk international break, Bundesliga, a little bit of Champions League, and, of course, Chris's lower league news. So stay tuned. Have fun during this little break. We will be back. Don't Try not to miss us Please too much. Please Yeah. Please don't leave. No, they. what do you mean don't? They will definitely not leave, but we got this, some delightful stuff for you during the break. Oh, as always, as per. As per. <laughs>
And we're back. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that nice little break song, Deep Bach Origi. Woo! Uh, what a legend he is. You, you obviously Never. can tell we love our chance here at Talk Soccer to Me. We do love our chance. And if, if we discover some, uh, maybe we need to start discovering some of those second division chants. That they, I think is more down your alley. You got you to gotta do it. We'll, I mean, we'll Liverpool chants are my alley to begin with. But well, that's, yeah, of course. But the those second division fans get creative after a five hour bus ride to uh, yes to Ipswich. <laughs> to Ipswich. Your your brain's and going the fact that you follow this places. too is just awesome. The fact that you're like so on top of these lower league teams. Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So as we as we promised you guys, we will be talking some international break stuff to you. For those of you that listened on Monday, you heard some of that. Um. But we will be talking some right now so some top news that happened with during the international break i think one of the most notable things that happened not really positive but uh, not positive at all but the racist chance during the england and bulgaria game that actually caused the game to stop twice so Mm -hmm. before we get into that i'm just going to mention the new uh, protocol it's a three-step protocol that was set by uefa so that refs can handle these types of situations appropriately during you know this event. So the first step is for the ref to stop, play, and make an announcement to the fans to immediately stop racist chants. The second step is match suspended for some time, and then both teams are sent to the dressing room if abuse continues, and then another warning is given to the fans. The third and final step is that the ref can decide to just abandon the match. And... This is unfortunate that these are things that UEFA, you know, these protocols are having to be set still in, in 2019, you know, almost 2020. Like, these are adults. Why do you have to resort to hardly, this type of, but... to, right, hardly, but, but why are you resorting to this type of behavior in this type? Why are you ruining the ambiance? But anyways. Well, it's an absolute disgrace. Um, it really is. I think... I think if your team, if your club or your um, national team fans are doing this, I think UEFA has every right to punish them to, oh, yeah. to the full extent. And I like the action that the players are taking. And, I, of course, Raheem Sterling, who's very outspoken on this topic, right. um, he, yeah, he's he tweeted been at, about it. He's been at the center of, of this issue, and mm-hmm. unfortunately it still is an issue. But mm-hmm. Raheem Sterling has really take taking a stand against it and he's he's been fantastic in his at he really has i think um he has and i think now finally you know because of that it this this is causing uefa and fifa and all these all these executives to to decide you know what enough is enough we're going to take these these stances to do this and this so you know good good for that i'm glad that i'm glad that the ref took those the, you know those steps in the protocol and hopefully these types of things will start getting people to realize there's, there's just absolutely no place for it right that it's yeah. zero tolerance so anyways let's before we start talking about some highlighted games i just want to notify you guys which countries have already qualified 
through the Nations League, which is something we were talking about earlier on the show as, you know, it's, it's been brought in as another way, another alternate route for uh, national teams to take place and, and be a contender in, in the Euro uh, Cup. So the, the countries that have already qualified are Belgium, Italy, Russia, Poland, and Ukraine. And this is through Nations League. But Spain also uh, qualified over the weekend. They they clinched their qualification yep. and some other teams. But these were the teams through Nations League that had already qualified. Uh, some of the top games of this weekend, obviously, Germany 3-0, uh, defeating Estonia. Netherlands, two stunning goals by our one and only Jeannie Wijnaldum. Jeannie came out of the bottle. Oh, um, yes, I really yeah. like that. <laughs> Being that I also In love stoppage time, right? So th- the header first off, beautiful, and then the, the stunning like thirty yard. What was it like thirty yards out? His goal just like amazing. That, yeah. Didn't have to think um, twice about it. Yeah, Northern Ireland was in pole position to qualify through that group, and that had to be disappointing for them. Oh yeah, Northern, Northern Ireland. Irish. Just just to quickly say about them, you know. And actually, some other news about that today with Brexit. They're, yes. They <laughs> reach an agreement with the with with Did England they? with Brit yeah with Britain for um, the border. Basically, or? yeah. So Northern Ireland is going to comply with this. They're gonna they want to like basically they've reached the agreement with England to 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 do Brexit, but it's not mm. officially happening. They're just you know it was another advancement they took and agreeing with things, and they're going to be given in a couple of years from now Northern Ireland like. Uh, citizens are going to be given the opportunity to like basically vote through their representatives and the government to uh, to switch this over so it's not like a permanent thing that like oh they're going to be basically they're it's like a a trial thing yeah basically they can choose later on whether or not they want to stay in this or not with with england Hmm. like they can opt out of it later on but anyways, back to Northern Ireland's soccer team. They're looking really good, even though they lost 3-0 to Netherlands before they did what England couldn't and beat Czech Republic 3-2. Yes. And Patty McNair, 24-year-old, scored twice in that first win in their first Patty, right. Patty McNair, not an Irish name at all. I know, right? <laughs> so just such a such a non-Irish, yeah. But he he basically scored twice within and that was their first win away for for a friendly in over 13 years is so. uh is will grigg still in northern ireland uh let me check let me check um will but yeah Griggs. i think czech republic by the way that. czech republic reminded me that we all remember i'm sure uh former chelsea and arsenal goalkeeper petr Cech. yes he has he's now he now plays for Guildford, um, the Guildford Phoenix, I believe, of the UK's hockey league, ice really? hockey, and he plays ice hockey goalie now uh, in the British league. Wow! So that's, I mean, that's really interesting. Quite a transition. His mask features the Arsenal and Chelsea logos and like a big British flag, and a image of Dominic Hasek famous uh, Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Czech goaltender. I'm just throwing in some of my hockey That's interesting. There. I like that. But Dominic Hasek, very good goaltender, but that's that's for another show. Um, <laughs> that's for another. Well, Will, to answer your question, Will Greg is, he's 
on obviously striker for Sunderland, and he is representing uh, Northern Ireland. Never want to chant. Will Griggs on fires. <laughs> it's as good as they come. We we're gonna have to uh, put that on next yes. time for you guys. We'll enlighten you with that. But yeah, he's 28 years old right now, and. Still representing his country at the international level. And the defense is still terrified. Um, oh, yeah. Any more storylines of... Well, I know Ireland lead their group. They had a chance to qualify. The Republic of Ireland, that is. Yeah. Had a chance to qualify, and they lost, so they will get another chance against Denmark next. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Know. And uh, uh, there were a lot of um, records, basically, like, you know, the first for Northern Ireland away in over 13 years, and... For Spain, it was an interesting uh, international break because there was a nice player accomplishment. Ramos, Sergio Ramos, broke the record for the most caps for Spain after drawing 1-1 with Norway. He has his total of 168 caps, so that's just so... It's it's a big, big accomplishment for him and nice to see for, for the fans. I know the fans were very delighted. Uh, and it's really interesting because he also broke a European record because only... Gigi Buffon has more caps than him in Europe. Buffon with 176 appearances for Italy. Because he started his career back in, like, 1997. Mm -hmm. And as you all know, he he finished it off in 2018. So Ramos is the most capped outfield player in Europe. Mm. So only Buffon has higher appearances than him. So interesting stuff. Sergio Ramos, I'll, I'll, res I'll hold back. Yeah, hold back. You, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's about it from you oh, can see the, the anger fueling and <laughs> in Chris's face turned a little red well we're not going to talk about that yeah uh, Scotland we'll move forward has been eliminated from Euro qualification Andy Robertson their captain is very upset I'm sure but yeah what happened there they lost again um, but they still have a chance to qualify through the Nations League playoff round that they qualified for. You see, I just don't understand. Which this. is later in like the spring, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's really confusing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think they're really making it any easier for fans to follow up. There's already a million tournaments going on at the club level, yeah. and now this, and it's just it's always constant. So it's it's not any easier for soccer fans globally. But hey, we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bundesliga is strange. Let's talk about Bundesliga because I know you really want to talk yeah. about that. Um, currently led by Borussia Mönchengladbach. They're, they're having themselves quite the year. They lead the Bundesliga by one point, followed not by Bayern Munich in second, but Wolfsburg. Um, I like the pronunciation. Wolfsburg, switching into <laughs> a nice German accent there, yes. the official team of... Chris is a man of all traits. Oh, yes. I'm a, a worldly host um <laughs> wolfsburg you guys have to see the jersey he's a, he has on by the way go, if you go see my uh story that i posted about chris you will see his delightful jersey yes union berlin who are in 16th by the way now in the relegation zone of the bundesliga hopefully they can pull it out because they hopefully. are of course the official bundesliga club of the show <laughs> everybody knows that um that's your like favorite, right? That's your favorite team. A great club, just a great club. For I know I've talked Liga? about it plenty of times before. Just a great story. Um, and mm -hmm. I like a club with a story and that respects uh, an identity, and that's certainly what they are. Wolfsburg has the identity of being 
Volkswagen's team. Mm. Um, that, yeah, a little bit of German history, but the town of Wolfsburg was built around the Volkswagen factory. Really? And the, the football club sprouted out wow. of that. So lots I always of learn so much from Chris. Like it's so interesting. <laughs> all you need to do is just sit and like listen to him speak, and you'll hear all these like crazy, crazy historic stuff. We're lovers of history here. On the show. <laughs> if you uh, don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And very wise words is from the from Chris. Bundesliga doomed to repeat their fate Ooh, over I see the what last you did there. five years of Bayern Munich winning the league. I mean, can Bayern come back from this? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> to see someone else win it. I'd like to see Dortmund win it. I'd like to see I'd like to see Mönchengladbach win it. And I'd love to see Union Berlin win it, but someday. Someday. Yeah, and any advancements, I'm sure you're going to know more about this, but any more advancements on that on the whole statement and the issues with Bayern Munich like wanting to boycott and just the Neuer and Terstegen thing, because I, I, I think they were scheduled to speak with um, the the national team, like, uh, you know, up people. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Byron players are boycotting the national team, so I guess nothing too horribly wrong is... They said they will with if Neuer... Right. Right, for those of you um, that, that know the story, we've talked about it uh, endlessly on this show before on Monday and on a prior weeks prior to that, so I won't go into summarizing what you know, the whole issue, but... To me, it seems like... I think Bayern Munich are definitely the most powerful club in Germany. And yeah, but but do you really think that it's it's reasonable for them to really, you know, stage a boycott because of this? Well, like, it's time to move on, Chris. Like, Neuer, it's time I for agree. Tristan to I agree. To I think it's a, it's a bully-like move right. by Bayern, but the way the German association works is very different from the, yeah. from the rest of Europe in that... It's kind of less of a business organization, more of it almost functions like a like a body of government, like a like a Congress. Mm -hmm. um, it's like a democratically it's a democratic system. And so in these clubs have voting rights. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is Byron taking a stand for. I mean, if if Neuer's not in the team, he's not in the team. I don't, I don't know. Right. Like. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, but. You know, yeah. get over it. Yeah. Um, and it's not like they're they're bringing on this guy that has no idea what he's doing. Like, it's Ter Stegen. He's one of, yeah. you know, like... He's a world-class Exactly. World-class keeper. Stands. It's time Except for when he to plays Steve Ockery. <laughs> of course. Um, uh, I like that. Yeah. So, anyways, anything else you have to say about Bundesliga? No, it's just going to be on? interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, okay. You know, I've noticed there are, just as there are Premier League games on in the morning on NBC, there are Bundesliga Bundesliga games. You get like two mm -hmm. each day on mm -hmm. FS1. I always just tune into it to see, and the fans are always crazy. I like that league a lot. I think it's an interesting league. What what league? Just out of curiosity, do you do you tune into more Bundesliga games than than Premier League? No, I definitely watch more Premier League. Okay. Liverpool is my First and foremost, obviously, club in yeah, every yeah. Way. But as far as other teams in the Premier yeah. League, you would watch more of those mm -hmm. than, than Bundesliga. Much, much better versed on the Premier League and the individual okay. clubs and okay. storylines going on there. 
So now let's move on to Champions League. Mm-hmm. Exciting week coming up. Yes. Uh, Ajax and Chelsea. And Ajax have just been on an absolute tear. If you thought they were going to lay down after losing all their, not all their players, but a lot of their top players mm-hmm. this summer, that is not the case. Right. They and play, uh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say when the game is, so people know when to tune in mm-hmm. Ajax and Chelsea. Of course, Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, that's coming up, right? Next Wednesday. Yeah, is, next yeah. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Live and from Amsterdam. City, yes. City of many canals. Oh, yes. Beautiful town. Oh, yes. I want to, I've been basically telling myself that it's time to move out there, disconnect my phone, change my identity, go MIA, and just enjoy life over there. You speak Dutch? Take a break from, yeah, just, what? You speak Dutch? I'm learning. Okay. That's that's going to be my fifth fluent language, hopefully. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully. Wow. I'm, I want to because, you know, I got, I got to do it for my boy, Virgil van Dijk. Or should we just say Virgil because big of the Virg. whole... I call him Big Virgil. The whole story. Did you hear about... I mean, what? it has been... The story has been around for quite some time, but people have been posting about it more often recently. But the fact that he... The reason why he has Virgil on the back of his jersey and not Van Dyke. No, I haven't heard this. Okay. Do you want me to explain yeah, it real quick? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. interested to So hear. before we go back to Champions League, let me just uh, talk about this story. So you guys know uh, Virgil Van Dyke has his first name on his jersey and it's not a, a very unpopular thing you'll see other people have a, n- not their last names on their jerseys I but find a lot more you see it a lot more with brazilian players right in particular right so you know it's it's just you you don't think anything about it but the story behind it is because he didn't want to use his father's last name on his jersey his his father walked out on him and his family when he was Interesting. like yeah when he was like 12 his mother is of Surim- surinamese surinamese mm. i don't know how to correctly pronounce it but it it was a formerly uh, colonized uh country by you know the, the dutch colonized uh but it is in like latin america and that's where uh virgil's mother is from mm. and his father is fully uh dutch and so what happened was his father just walked out on his, his mother and he had two other siblings as well. So it wasn't just Virgil that dealt with this. And initially for like the first year, Virgil decided, okay, I'm going to go live with my dad. And then he came back a year later. He's like, I'm not, I can't do that. Um, no, no details as to why, but he went back with his mother and growing up, he was fairly close with his father. He would go to, you know, soccer because of him, go to games. He would, train on a team his father would be like one of the I believe coaches or assistant coaches so they had a nice little bond but he just as an adult he cannot forgive him fully for what he wow. did and leaving his mother and she would have to work shifts you know and, and then raise three kids you know a family so he he never got around to appreciating that and later on his father was like trying to be like oh I'm so proud of my son and then Virgil's uncles were like you don't have a right to say you're proud of your son you know Virgil doesn't He's not quite there yet where he can just completely forgive him for it. So he thought about using his mother's maiden name, but instead he just he used his first name. So that's a little bit about without going and making it too long. Um, sometimes when I'm passionate about something, I can ramble yeah, on no, about it for too interesting. long. I never knew there was such a story behind that. Yeah. So that's that's his the reason why he doesn't have his um, last name on the jersey. So mm. anyways. Well, he will be visiting the uh, neighboring country to his homeland in Belgium yeah. when Liverpool play Gank this week. Yeah. Love saying that name. Gank. <laughs> um, I think they should be able to beat Gank. 
they certainly will be expected so. to. Yeah. And given their, if I may say, precarious place in the mm-hmm. group, they they probably should. They have to pick yeah. up those points when they can. Definitely. So back to Champions League, we're going to only talk about it for like two more minutes because then we're going to move on to Chris's lower league uh, teams. We definitely want to make some time for that before we end the show Plenty soon. To talk about. Right. Yes. So Champions League, let's wrap up with those just games to look out for for next week. Of course, once we come back the, uh, to the show on Thursday, we will talk more in detail about the results since, mm-hmm. you know. So Tottenham will be playing Tuesday against Trevina Svesta. I'm not good at Red Star Belgrade. Yeah. yeah. And I, I always try to go for like the, the authentic pronunciation, yes. but I have to hear it first before I try to pronounce it. But Juve um, against Locomotive Moscow. Locomotive. Yeah, Olympiacos against Bayern. Man City against Atalanta. Atletico against B- Bayer. Catalazzarei against Real. Mm. So a lot of good games, you know. Um, Slavia Prague is going to be welcoming Barca to Prague. Yeah, that's going to be on Wednesday as well during the um, – the Ajax and Chelsea and Liverpool and Gink uh, matchup, as well as Inter and Dortmund. Slavia Prague leads that group. I remember seeing... Um, That's crazy. It's insane. I remember seeing <laughs> when they announced the groups that this was an absolute group of death, and they showed the representatives from Slavia laughing. People criticized them, but I thought, you know, yeah. they're enjoying themselves. They're not taking themselves too seriously. Um, and look where it's gotten them. So right. good for them. I hope they beat Barcelona. So that too. would be absolute scenes, as they call it, across the pond. Oh, yeah. So should we head across the pond? Yes. To the lower leagues? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy, am I excited for this. So in the championship right now, the glorious English <laughs> championship, uh, West Brom, Forest, and Preston, Nottingham Forest. You guys have to see how excited he is right now. Just thrilled. <laughs> West Brom, Nottingham Forest. Two-time Champions League winners, Nottingham Forest, don't forget. And Preston North End uh, round out the top three right now. Very interesting state of affairs. Um, Two out of those three have not been Premier League members in Mm -hmm. in quite some time. Uh, But it's a real real scrap to get to the top. West Brom have kind of solidified their place in that top six are the only team I think that have really been in it the whole way. Um, and then Leeds are in fourth. And they, of course, for the past, well, last year they came so so close yet so far. But they're now, have in the works potentially a new ownership deal, uh, Qatar Investment Group, the same group oh, yeah. that uh, owns Paris Saint-Germain. And um, be in sports, my, oh. where I worked. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yes. You see, it all comes full circle. Nasser El Khalifi. Um, I think the a representative with the club said that this move will make it so that Leeds can compete with Man City. That was his quote. Um, they're setting a high bar, setting their sights high. Could Leeds be the new Man City? I mean, that would be... Do you think so? Well, it's all about money in today's game, but money isn't the only thing you need to... Really good staff, really good scouts, um, really good manager. And you got to get to the Premier League first if you want to oh, be yeah. playing uh, you know, at any kind of football of that level. I love 
I love the championship, but you're not going to be where Man City is now um, financially or on the mm-hmm. field in, in the championship. So they got to secure promotion. So we'll see about that. Um, Millwall, very controversial club in the championship. Okay, and why? Contro- well, you want to talk about the controversy <laughs> of Millwall? Yeah. Their fans have always been known, they're notorious for being the most violent fans in England. Um, they call themselves the Millwall Bushwhackers. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they just pictured the most stereotypical English hooligan figure, and that's probably a <laughs> Millwall fan. English hooligan figure. There was a few years ago, I think, when they were playing an FA Cup match, uh, uh-huh. one, one Millwall fan stole a policeman's hat Mm-hmm. And was running around the field with it. Um, oh wow! But, I gotta see this footage. But it was, of course, on live TV, and he was oh, you know, found. Um, <laughs> but their future had been in doubt at their current stadium. There were threats of relocation, threats of the future of the club. Um, but the Lewisham Council, the okay. whatever the local government is in that particular part of southeast London has just granted them um, the land that their stadium sits on. They've canceled a land sale deal that they had with a developer to build apartments there. So um, Millwall will be staying at the Den, as is the name of their stadium. Mm, The Um, Den. So Millwall's sticking around. And this is kind of, you're seeing this a lot with smaller London clubs. I mean, just in the past few years i can think of millwall queens park rangers afc wimbledon and um oh what's the name uh dolich dolich hamlet have all felt pressure from developers because london is one of the world's most valuable cities one of the world's most expensive cities and you have stadiums sitting in the middle of potentially very valuable land where does that leave these smaller clubs? And I think it just speaks to this uh, pressure that these once small community clubs are now feeling when faced with the the behemoth that is um, the global economy. But yeah. <laughs> let's not get too far off the rails, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, so Millwall is sticking around. That's, okay. that's the thesis there. The Millwall hooligans. Yeah. Millwall hooligans will be mm-hmm. happy about that. You hear some sirens in the background. Millwall fans probably. Yeah, they're. <laughs> maybe they they made their way. Maybe they have a friendly <laughs> against the Chicago Fire, who are by the way moving to Soldier Field. Really interesting. Yes. Um, It'll be a good good power move on on their yeah, end. Yeah, definitely a good move for them. Stoke City, still dead last in the championship. Oh, Stoke! How the mighty have fallen. Yes. Um, and Bolton Wanderers. The Bolton Wanderers, yeah. Our favorite. The, the, so we have Union Berlin, who is official um, Bundesliga club. Yeah. Liverpool, who are the official Premier League club. Yeah. And Bolton Wanderers, who are, of course, the yeah. official League One club. Yeah. In League One, they got another draw to move up to negative eight points. Wow. So good for you, Bolton. You are, I think they're still a good 12 points back of the next team ahead of them and probably... Probably like at least twenty points now back of the uh, escaping the relegation zone. So 
They have some ground to make up, but mm-hmm. we're rooting for you, Bolton. Definitely. That's about all I have. Okay. With, uh, so Ipswich also leads League One. Oh, Ipswich. They're trying to return to the championship, but that's all I have from the lower leagues. All righty. Well, that was really interesting. Obviously, the lower league news is always very enlightening, and, and just I'm always learning new stuff from Chris on that. So real quick, before we wrap up the show, I just want to make a quick shout-out. Tonight, doors open at 630 at McGrath Phillips Arena in Lincoln Park for Blue Madness. Oh, it's, it's getting mad. It is. It, it will be getting mad. See, so it's going to get even more mad than <laughs> a Millwall game, and that's saying. Oh something. yes, let's yes. let's be the Blue Hooligans. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> no. Let's maybe not. We're not. We don't encourage. <laughs> we don't endorse this on uh, on air. Doing the same things that the Millwall fans do. Yeah. Certainly not. So be there. You will be seeing some really fun stuff. I'm going to be there covering the the event for student media. So if you you see me, come say hello. Maybe we can get you in for like a little student feature on the um, for our news package for broadcast. So come come on over. Be there. It's going to be interesting tonight to see uh, just the basketball players do their thing. Have some nice little like probably three point. You know, shooting contest, dunk contest. The dance team will be there as well, helping out. It's going to be a fun event. It's DePaul exclusive as well. So just come and have some fun. It's it's going to be a fun Thursday night. So don't forget to come. Thank you guys so much for listening to us on today's episode of Talk Soccer to Me with your hosts, Chris and Bella. Oh, yeah. uh, Tune in to... Uh the Northwest Derby this weekend. That'll be an interesting one. Oh yeah, and if you have if you guys are tuning in, just tweet Chris or DM him or something and tell him you're watching and give him your hot takes on anything soccer related I'll as well. I'll be awaiting my uh, the takes. Yes. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to uh keep up keep up with us on social media, of course, on our on our Instagrams and Twitters, uh and also be sure to tune in next week. Same time to We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. So. Oh yes, it's going to be fun-filled. So don't forget to tune in. You'll never walk alone, everybody. You really won't.